What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 383 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here, episode 383, April 15, 2023 is the date. The Padres, obviously, they have dropped the first two games of this Milwaukee Brewers series. And it's definitely disappointing right now. Uh, but my main message, obviously, in this show, we're going to be fine. I think this team is too talented to be obviously under 500 this season, right? We're we're 15 games into this season. They don't have Fernando Tatis Jr. They don't have Joe Musgrove. They don't have Robert Suarez. And I don't expect the pitching to be as bad as it was last night with Michael Walker all year long, right? We, I mean, Walker's first two starts were really good. And the starting rotation, other than Blake Snell, has been pretty good this year, I think. I don't expect Blake Snell to pitch this bad in the second half of the season, just based on track record. I don't expect the offense to be as underwhelming as it's been at the beginning of the season here. A 4-3 loss. I'm going to talk about the first two games in this series and anything you want to talk about. You want me to get to your comment, your question, uh, use that super chat button. I'll definitely get to you. I appreciate the support, um, 4-3 loss, first game, 11-2 loss last night on City Connect night. Michael Walker sucked, sucked from the beginning, gave up extra base hit after extra base hit. How many extra base hits did the Brewers have last night? Like eight? I think that that had to have like a franchise record for them. But yeah, it, it was brutal. Uh, Yelich came right out of the gate doubling. Adamas doubled. That made it one nothing. Brian Anderson doubled. Made it 2 nothing. Voigt singled. Made it 3 nothing. Mike Brousseau, he doubled. Made it 4 nothing. That was just in the first inning. And so this game was... I don't want to say it was over before the Padres had even hit, before Xander stepped to the plate. Or who was leading off last night? I think it was Xander. Before the offense stepped up, I don't want to say the game was over because the Padres do have the talent in the lineup to be able to go score five runs in a game. But when you give up four runs in the first inning, that's telling the pitching staff, well, probably can't give up any more runs the rest of the you want to win this game. So there, there wasn't a great chance of winning, but I still gave the Padres a chance to win. With the offense that they have, the talent that they had, would that have happened? Would I have given the Padres a chance to win that game last night in the first inning after Walker allowed four runs? If it was 2017 or 2019, no. And maybe I shouldn't have given the offense it's based on the way it's been performing and how underwhelming it has been. But it is early in the season. And I don't know how early fans can use that like the ones that are trying to look at this more positive how long can we use the well it's early it's you know it's it's early how long can we use that it'll come around it'll come around i'm still going to use it now because what 15 games in something like that seven and eight i think the team is right now i know they're losing record how long can we use that 40 games is 40 games good 60 games, still have 102 left after that. Like, how long is that for you? Let me know in the chat. Uh, again, if you have any questions, any comments that you want me to make sure that I get to, you can use that super chat button um, or super, yeah, super chat, super thanks during regular videos. Um, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. I mean, we'll walk last night. It was, and that just started in the first inning. Second inning, allowed a run. Yelich had a home run. Rowdy Tlez hit two home runs. The night before, Telez had a home run. Yeah, so last night, Padres get blown out. The night before, it was a one-run loss. But 
offensively, we could say, well, it's pretty much the same stuff. One was a close game, one was a blowout, but both nights, the Padres' offense just didn't come through with runners in scoring position. I mean, that's, that's what it was. Look at last night. Runners in scoring position, one for 10, left seven on base. If you look at the first game of this series, that 4-3 loss on Thursday night in uh, extra innings, the offense, 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position. Two hits. No, 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 my bad. That was the other night. Six hits. That was that Mets game. Six hits. Two. I was thinking two hits because they had two hits off of Colin Ray. On Thursday night, let's start with the Thursday night game, and then we'll get more into I know I kind of got into last night already, but we'll start with Thursday. Six hits in total. Look at the line. Grisham had a big home run. I, I, don't, I didn't think that the Padres deserved to win that game based on how they played, how the offense performed or didn't perform for most of that game. But credit to Grish, huge home run. Credit to, I think it was Matt Carpenter who walked before the Grisham home run. Credit to him. But this offense obviously has to be better if the Padres want to go where they want to go. But the good news, obviously, is it's early. Um, Crony, I think, had a first and second situation and didn't come through. There were multiple guys. Uh, Soto had an 0 for 4 night. He's hitting 200 after, I think, last night's game. I'm not worried about him. Or 189. He was hitting 200 after Thursday night. He's hitting 189 right now. I'm not worried about Soto long term, but it's not looking good right now. Like, if I want to talk about how he's doing right now, yeah, it's it's not good. And um, I think he had a quote the other day. I think it was to probably AJ Casavell. I think it was an MLB.com article, so it must have been talking about his hitting and essentially saying, "Well, people are saying well, I'm struggling, but they're they're not telling me why I'm struggling." Uh, yeah, I know I'm pulling off balls, rolling over, but People aren't telling me why or how to fix it. You know, they're not, they're not trying to tell me how I can get out of this. They're just saying, yeah, I'm struggling. I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Maybe that's fans that are saying that. But we're not hitting coaches, right? That, like Our job, I mean, as a fan, right, we're, we just react to the games. We get pissed off when the team's not playing well. When the team is playing well, we cheer. Everything's amazing, right? But things aren't going well when the team gives up 11 runs to the Brewers who don't have like, the best offense in baseball. Um, and when we get dominated by Colin Ray and Eric Lauer, we're going to be pissed off and probably overreact a little bit, right? So with the Soto stuff, like he's got, I mean, you're one of the best hitters in baseball, dude. Look at the video. I, I think you can see why you're struggling a little bit. I'm not a hitting coach, but what I would say is like, yeah, you're pulling off the ball. So how about go out for batting practice a day and don't try to pull anything. Hit everything opposite field. You know, make the conscious effort of staying back. And let's see what that'll do. I'm not going to go on and on saying how uh, Soto can fix his swing because I'm not a hitting coach. But that that's what I've been noticing. Uh, but yeah, it's not great. Soto's not doing well to start the year. Manny gotten off, got off to a little bit of a slow start. It's been better. He did homer on Thursday, so that was good to see. That was one of the positive signs offensively. Uh, Crony, 0 for 4 on Thursday. He had the day off on Friday. He's hitting 196. Um, I think he's going to turn it around. I'm not worried about him either. But all we... All we know is what has happened so far this year, right? And so far this year, we've had multiple guys in this offense be underperforming, and that's part of the reason why the Padres sit where they are right now, and that is seven and eight. But again, my message for this show, and you can criticize me for being, oh, Ben, you're just being a fanboy. You think everything's going to be fine and dandy. Like, Well, I'm giving you my thoughts. I'm... This is how I feel. I'm choosing to go the positive way. It's 15 games in. There are a lot of teams, a lot of fan bases in baseball that would love to have this team. And even be, even if, 
even if it meant being seven and eight, like where the Padres are at right now. So, look, things are going to turn around. They're not going to do this all season long. Juan Soto is not going to do this all season long. Jake Cronor is not going to do this all season long. Manny, he's not going to have one home run all season long, right? He's going to get it going. You know, Bogarts, he might slow down a little bit, but others will pick it up. So it's going to even out. Um, there, you know, pitching we can talk about. Nick Martinez, he did, he did mention, because he started on Thursday, six innings, three earned runs, walk three. He's walking more guys than he usually does, and he did mention that, I think, to Kevin Acey the other night about how he has to get that under control. But I think he will. And when he ends up going to the bullpen, I know he's given the Padres in length, six innings. I mean, it was a quality start. There were some that were like, well, it's not really a quality start. I mean, he gave up three runs. Well, it is a quality start. I mean, I think a lot of the blame here has to go on the offense. I'm not saying all of the blame on the offense, but Nick pitched okay on Thursday. When he goes to the bullpen, I think the walks will obviously go down because it's He's not going to be pitching as much out of the bullpen. And he'll be deeper into the season. So hopefully he will have fixed that before he, or by the time he, you know, ends up in the bullpen. Uh, as for Domingo Tapia, yeah, he's not going to be on the roster when weather, or when, uh, excuse me, when Musgrove comes up, right? He's going to be off. Then when Suarez comes up, probably Chris Matt's done. That's how it probably would be right now. Chris Matt would probably go to AAA. Or, I don't think he has any options left, so he'd probably be exposed to waivers. Maybe another team will pick him up. Uh, but he's just, I, I love Nabil Chris Matt. Obviously, with the Padres videos at spring training and all that, like, great personality. Um, and I, I, thought he, I thought he's been good at times with the Padres because he has, like, last year. He's been very valuable to the Padres. He and Craig Stammen pitching in those situations where, yeah, the game might be out of hand one way or the other, saving innings for the rest of the pitching staff. And even he got he's gotten in some high leverage spots too in pitching multiple innings and giving the Padres some length or just pitching in big innings and not going to blow away people with velocity, but he's he's gotten the job done. This year, it, it hasn't been that great for Nabil Chrismat. And it hurts to see, uh, but it, you know, when you think about it, it's like this day was probably going to come at some point. You know, he's not a high velocity guy. And so when he's not hitting his spots, I haven't, do I haven't dove too deep into is he hitting his spots or is he not? But when you're leaving balls over the middle of the plate, let's just say that when you're leaving balls over the middle of the plate, and you're not a high-velocity pitcher, this is what is going to happen. You're probably going to get hit around pretty good. Um, the Milwaukee game last night gave up three runs. Gave up a run against Atlanta on the sixth. Um, let's go through some other games from Nabil so far this year. Opening day obviously wasn't great. Gave up two runs. Gave up a home run. Gave up three runs on the fourth against Arizona. And then another three runs last night. Um, I think if he passes through waivers, he can still help the Padres. Like, I'm not giving up on Nabil. I just think, well, when Suarez comes back, Tapia's not going to be here anyway because Musgrove's going to be back. So Martinez and Weathers would probably go to the bullpen to give the bullpen an extra guy. And when Suarez comes back, well, who's the worst guy left in the bullpen? The lowest guy on the totem pole, you know? Probably Nabil Chrismat. So he'd probably be the guy to be off the roster. Um, like he, Again, he's helped the team in some situations, but so far this year, he doesn't look like that same guy. You know, it sucks. It sucks to see. But getting back to Thursday's game, so obviously the Padres, they had chances despite not having a ton of hits. Six hits. Um, didn't have 10 runners in scoring position opportunities uh, like they did last night. But they had chances. Crony, uh, Soto, I think there was runners on, and he flew out to left. 
when he does fly out to left, it doesn't seem like it's hard contact either. You know, it's just soft flyouts to left. And that's where it's like, yeah, okay, maybe it's a ball outside and he's pulling off. And then it, you know, it's oppo. That's not hard contact, right? You can hit it oppo without pull off. Hit it hard. That's not really what I'm seeing out of Juan Soto right now. So, yeah, he's definitely in a funk. But, I, again, I expect him to turn it around. I'm still leaning on the track record. I know he's had now a significant amount of time with the Padres, but um, there's still a bigger period of time before he came to the Padres where he was one of the best hitters in the world, right? Maybe a top three hitter on the planet. And in the postseason, we saw at times, you know? When, when when he's on, like, there might not be a better guy in baseball that you want up at the plate when he's locked in. He's going to get on base. He's locked in. He is going to get on base. Fear is in the pitch. You know, it's inside the pitchers. He's going to walk. If you don't want to pitch to him, he'll be fine with that. He can hit one opposite field in the gap. He can hit one opposite field over the fence. He can hit one in the second deck at City Field like we saw the other day. When he has when he's taking those good swings. You know. So we're we're all just waiting for that to happen, right? Uh if you go to extra innings from Thursday's game, it was weird because Brewers obviously they get a run there, right? And the running game, controlling the running game has been an issue, right? I know I know, I focused on the offense there, but going over to the pitching staff, you Darvish work slow, Luke Snell work slow, don't control the running game very great. Luis Garcia doesn't control the running, great, running game very great. Um, Austin Nola has like a noodle arm, so that doesn't help either. When guys aren't working quick to the plate, they're not controlling the running game. Campy, when he has a stronger arm than Nola, he still he's not he's not going to throw people out still, because of how great a jump uh, opposing runners are going to get. You know, <coughs> excuse me. So extra innings on Thursday. Yelich stirred the inning at second base. Adamas walked, and then I think Garcia threw to second, and then Yelich was like, "All right, he's not going to do that again, so I'm going to go steal." You know, that was a disengagement. That was one pickoff for that at bat. I'm going to take the chance. He's not going to throw over again at second base. So he steals third, double steal, I think, right? Yeah, Adamas stole second. That set up second and third, and then Telez had the sack fly, made it 4-3. Like, they have to control the running game better. It, maybe that's, that's with a guy on second. Maybe it's multiple looks, like look, step off, or look. Pause. I know there's the clock, so you you have to deliver the pitch at some point. But look, look a second time. Pause. Go. Like little things. Like you got to change it up. Throw over maybe multiple times instead of just once, because opposing teams do pick up on that. And Snell. So some you know with Nola, right? I'm glad Campy is starting. He homered last night. There's been some positive signs there. Um. With Nola, a lot of those stolen bases that he's allowed have been on the pitcher. And so I tweeted out the other day that he's allowed 15 stolen bases and he's only caught one guy so far this year. And it's early in the season. That's a lot of stolen bases to allow. I think the Padres lead the, the league in stolen bases allowed. I think it's over 20 already. It's bad. Um, a lot of it's on the pitcher. But Nola, even if the pitcher worked fast, Nola's not throwing a lot of those guys out. So it, it's both, both. It's it's the pitching side and it's Nola. You know, good. I guess a good thing. Pitchers were working on pickoffs and controlling the run game a little bit before the game yesterday. But obviously it was a blowout, so that didn't really matter. It's kind of weird for them to be doing spring training stuff early on in the year. Usually, maybe they do it middle of the year. When guys get, I don't want to say lazy, but just the fundamentals aren't at the level that they should be. You see teams doing that 
you know, taking extra defense during uh, before batting practice or in place of batting practice like yesterday. Not early in the year, but they're doing it early in the year because that's how bad it is. They're just not controlling the run game. And walks with certain guys on the mound, it's a double. That can't happen. You're, a walk turns into a guy in scoring position. And not literally, not like Tatis scoring position where he walks, he's already in scoring position because a ball in the gap, he scores. Not saying that. No, literally scoring position. A guy takes second base. Or in extra innings, you throw over one time at second base. And I don't even think Bogarts was ready for that. I think he was just standing by in second base, if I remember correctly. You throw over one time, well, he's not throwing over again. Double steal. Now you got two guys in scoring position. Easy sack fly, take the lead. And then the bottom of the half, bottom half of the inning, Dixon's on second as I think the pinch runner. Ground ball. I understand that the ball was not in front of him, right? You're, you're taught when the ball is in front of you, don't go, right? Wait, wait till the shortstop or whoever the ball's hit to in front of you throws to first if you're going to go. Usually you just don't go, period, because the guy's going to make sure you get back to second base. But here, I know it wasn't hit in front of him, but it was hit hard and it was like right to the left of him. But he decided to go, Adamus. Quick turn, threw it to third. It was a good play on Adamas' part. But you're already in scoring position to start the inning. I know you want to get to third for a sack fly because there's there'd be one out if Adamas opted to get Crony at first instead of Dixon. I understand the thinking. But when it's hit hard like that, and it's not like it was hit to second base, the second base position, it was hit up the middle, Right. I probably would not have gone on that. He gets thrown out. Now there's one out there. There's not a runner in scoring position. The offense isn't really doing much. I know Grish had the home run, but the offense just is not doing anything. Uh, and then who came up? Kim lined out to center. Zokar had a single. That set first and second. Can't be struck out on three pitches. But Devin Williams, he also is nasty, so that contributed to it as well. I mean, ninth inning, right? Cruz was up. I think Bogarts was up. Who else was up? Soto, I think, was the first guy up. Yeah, Soto struck out looking. Bogart struck out swinging. Cruz struck out swinging. I mean, Devin Williams, he's one of the best relievers in baseball. So when you're in that spot facing him, even if you have those guys up and you feel good about that, it's still Devin Williams. And it's like, man, this is going to be an uphill, tap, uphill uh, climb to be able to get a run off of this guy. And the Padres obviously weren't able to do that. Which is unfortunate, and it's, it's, it's something, unfortunately, that we've kind of gotten used to, right? Just them not coming through with in scoring position so far this year. All right, before getting to the second game, and I'm going to get to the chat, uh, let's take a quick break. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gagleonebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, let's get to the chat. Good morning, Christopher. Good morning, everyone. Joseph says, what's up, Ben? Hopefully we get W today. I'll be heading back a bit. Yeah. There was someone in my YouTube in the YouTube comments last night, or maybe it was earlier this morning, that was like, Yesterday was my first game. Wow. I mean, come back. I, I said come back later in the year because this off this offense will be better later in the year. So if you want to see a Padres win at home, I would I would just say come back later in the season when hopefully things are clicking and Tatis is healthy and in the lineup. You know, Crony's not, you know, playing instead of having an off day. I'm not mad at Crony having an off off day yesterday it totally made sense he hadn't had one yet this season hadn't even had a half day off as a dh there was a lefty on the mound off to a slow start i understand it but come when everyone's in it uh the lineup's clicking then you could probably see a win uh yeah getting to last night with waka just absolutely sucked uh devin says did you think waka was trying to pitch like the outing in atlanta i, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I don't I don't know what he said if he spoke to the media last night after the game. 
him him trying to pitch like he pitched against Atlanta, I don't think pitchers do that because it's two different teams, two different lineups. Maybe there's more lefties in this lineup than there was against Atlanta, or maybe more righties than there was against Atlanta. I and there's just different swings, different defensive positioning, different umpire. Uh, I forget if Camposano was catching for Waka last Saturday night against Atlanta. It's just different. I, I don't think Waka was trying to pitch like the outing in Atlanta. And if he was, he was just trying too hard and left a lot of pitches over the middle of the plate. Just did not have it. Just did not have it. Looking at the box score, four and a third, seven earned runs, 11 hits, just three strikeouts, gave up two home runs, Yelich and then Telez, right? Telez hit two. That was one of them. His ERA now, obviously, only after a few starts, 606. It started off really well. I forget what his ERA was entering last night, but it was much lower than that. But these seven runs, obviously, in a small sample size, that's definitely going to inflate the ERA. But yeah, it 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 felt like, you know, again, like earlier, like I said, I, I was still giving the team a chance to win the game after the first inning, the top of the first, when Waka allowed four runs because of the guys in this lineup. This This offense is better on paper than it was last year, even without Tatis. I think. Um, so I thought, yeah, they, they can score five runs, but it meant that Waka had to not give up any more runs. It meant the rest of the bullpen had to not give up any more runs. And that's obviously not what happened. Waka would end up giving up three more runs. Chris Matt gave up three earned runs, walked two guys. Tapia gave up a run. He walked two guys. Uh, I mean, Brandon Dixon was pitching in there. I mean, talk about the the ultimate, like, triple a 4a player like he's he'll he'll play well in triple a but he shouldn't be here you know like that's the 4a player right so he'll be down when tatis comes up he'll definitely be coming off the roster i would think i would think they'd choose to keep odor um dolls on the il so i mean maybe well no because the outfield right now it's Odor, technically, Azokar, Soto, Grisham. So I think they're going to keep Odor because he can play infield and outfield. I think they'll keep Azokar to be a fourth outfielder as well. Defensive replacement maybe for Soto sometimes uh, if they have a lead, a, a big lead. Um, yeah, so Dixon would probably go down. Cam says, good morning, Ben. Hello, uh, excuse me. Good morning, Ben, and fellow Friar faithful. We're going to win today. Change the mindset, LFGSD. Yeah, I I'm someone that likes keeping it positive, especially when it's early in the year like this, and the Padres have this much talent on this team. So yeah, that that's my mindset. We're gonna win today. Um, who's pitching for the Brewers today? Let me look up this matchup. I think it's Freddie Peralta. I don't know if the lineups have come out yet. Haven't been looking at social media. Yeah, Freddie Peralta on the mound for the Brewers today. Seth Lugo on the mound for the Padres. Jackie Robinson, did, so it's a special day, obviously, around baseball. This is the third different form the Padres have been wearing in the last three days. They had the regular unis, home white pins on Thursday. City Connect yesterday. And then normal white pinstripes. <laughs> Sorry, man. I have a bad cough. Uh, normal white pinstripe today, but they have 42 on the exchange now, right? It's, it's the Dodger. I personally don't like, but it's one day. It's Jackie Robinson. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit and whine about it. Um, and Lugo, I mean, hopefully we don't get a walk a start, right? Where he falls flat on his face after having an encouraging start. He has a 1380 ERA so far, but Freddie Peralta has a 0.75 ERA. Lugo has 12 punch outs so far. Peralta has 14. So both guys have gotten off to really good starts so far this year. All right, I'll get back to the chat, obviously. Um wanted to touch on the offense in last night's big, big loss to the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, just got their doors blown off. 
So Bogarts continues to get on base. He's got on base still in every single game so far this year. Manny got a hit. Uh, Odor came in. He got a hit. But Soto over three, hitting 189. Left three guys on base. Nelson Cruz, one for four. Almost did a home run. Austin Kim, 0 for 4. Campy did have a home run. That was one of the, the positives in the game. But it was a meaningless home run, you know, in terms of the score of the game. The game was already over. Grish went 2 for 4 as Oakart went 2 for 4, scored a run. Uh, but that one, that run, excuse me, obviously was meaningless, didn't mean anything. Um, you know, there's, so there's, when you look at the lineup last night, there's a lot of guys that had a hit, but it wasn't anything like huge hits, right? I, I, because the pitching, you know, I want to get on the offense because the offense, it's, it's not performing up to, up to its expectations, obviously. We can get on the offense for like Thursday night's game, you know, not coming through, had an opportunity to win that game. Didn't come through. But yesterday, I think you definitely have to start with the pitching, with Michael Walker. You put yourself in a 4 nothing hole, 5 nothing through 2, through 1.5. Uh, that's a really tough place to be. To, that's a really tough place to put your offense in. And so I don't think many Padres fans, the Padres were going to come back after, especially like, you know, you're four innings deep and you haven't scored a run. Five innings deep. The score is what seven one, I think. Yeah, seven one after five, and then six inning, sixth uh, inning. Uh, Milwaukee drops three runs, so now it's ten to one. And it's like, yeah, the game's definitely over. Milwaukee had fifteen hits in this game. Padres had nine. How many hits did they have? I forget how many hits they had on Thursday, but that might have been more hits than they had on Thursday. But, again, the pitching really set the Padres back in this game. But I'm not concerned about Waka long-term either. Like, the guys that are struggling right now, for the most part, like Waka last night, and that was just one night. I don't think he's just really struggling. I mean, he had two really good starts to start off the year. It was a really bad night last night. But, like, Soto, Crony, um, look at some guys in the bullpen, Garcia a little bit. Like, I'm not worried about them long-term. So, I know everything gets decided on the field, but I think fans probably aren't worried long-term about the guys that are struggling right now. And so, I guess that's the good news. I think I think most fans think that the Padres are going to turn this around. They're not going to be a losing team all season long. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Devin says, I think they should have a players-only meeting sometime soon just to get things straightened out. Maybe I'm being too critical given it's still early, but I think they are fighting themselves, fighting in their mental minds, Devin adds. Yeah, I don't know if a players-only meeting should happen this early. I mean, look, there's a lot of leaders in that locker room. They, they know what is going wrong. They know that they're struggling. I don't think they need a team meeting to you know, get their S together. I think the guys individually are trying to, and it's just not working out right now. They've lost, I think, three of their last, yeah, well, they, they've lost three in a row. Things are going to happen like this. You know, it's early in the year. It's going to be, a, that's just what the baseball season is. It's a roller coaster of a season. There's ups, there's downs. Sometimes there's more ups than downs. Hopefully that's there's a lot more ups this year. Again, we have a long ways to put April 15th, everyone. Hopefully there's a lot more ups than downs. Some teams, there's more downs, a lot more downs than ups on a roller coaster. Uh, sometimes the roller coaster is flat for those teams, right? And the Padres have been one of those teams where maybe there's one up that goes right back down the next night. And then the roller coaster stays on the ground for a long before it goes a little bit up again. There's, you know, they played good for a couple games, then it goes down again. For the Padres, the roller coaster you know, is down right now. Hopefully, when Tatis comes back, it's up and it stays up in the air. It'll, it's going to go at some point, but 
but you just hope that's a quick down and it comes right back right hopefully that makes sense for the podcast audience that didn't see my hands moving hopefully there's no wi-fi internet issues here it says my wi-fi is good so hopefully everyone hear what i'm saying clear today you know we've had that problem a little bit the last couple shows for some reason all right i'm gonna get back to the chat i'm gonna do the chat essentially the rest of the show definitely i, I look my show i'm gonna give my thoughts but i definitely want the padres fans thoughts as well because i'm one of you guys um absolutely love this team and i love interacting with padres fans so i'll get back to that but a quick break here i want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports it's underdog fantasy they have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments in pickup games just pick higher or lower on two to five players stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night you can go cross team cross league and even cross sport best ball revolves around the draft which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product how does it work exactly you enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users that lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest the better the combined performance of your team the more money you win after your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10. $10 free is what that was supposed to say. Sorry. Um, getting back to uh, this underdog stuff. So today, if, I, if you go to underdog, again, click that link. If you deposit $20, they'll give you $20 free. So you have $40 to use. Um, I definitely recommend using underdog. It's great. Daily pickums. There's the best ball, obviously. Uh, if you go to Padres Brewers for today, there's Seth Lugo, six strikeouts, higher or lower. What do you think that's going to be today for Lugo? I'll go just lower than that. I, I think it could be like four or five. I'm not seeing a huge strikeout day for Seth Lugo today. Uh, one Soto, eight and a half fantasy points which is like underdog awards a certain amount of points for a single three points, a double six points, a triple eight points, a home run 10 points, a walk three points, uh, RBI two points, run scored two points, stolen base four points. So you get that. Like, So what do you think's going to be that there? The way Juan Soto is going, you probably say lower on that, right? Bogart's half a single. I mean – he, he keeps getting on base. He keeps getting the job done. So you probably go higher on that. Like, or maybe you're like, well, he's not going to get a hit today. You know, Freddie Peralta on the mound. He's been doing really good his first couple starts. The on-base streak has to end at some point, right? That's not a hitting streak, so he could go hitless and still walk and get on base and extend it. But maybe you go lower on that just in the odds, right? Matt Carpenter, half a hit. Well, he's been struggling to start the year. Maybe you go over on that. Grish, half a hit. Uh, probably righty, right? So I think it's right on left. Yeah, Grish gets a hit. You can go higher or lower there. Rugnetto Door, half a hit. Um, what do you think is going to happen there? 
So there's a lot of there's a lot of pick them events there that you can choose from. I definitely love using it. Recommend you using it too as well. All right, getting back to the chatter. Sorry if I don't sound great today. For some reason, I just keep coughing. Uh, e. Smith asks, who will we drop when Tatis and Musgrove return? Um, Tatis returns, probably Brandon Dixon. When Musgrove returns, probably Mingo Tapia out of the bullpen. And then when Suarez comes back, or if he comes back, hopefully he does, then probably in a big Chris Matt. Greg asked, when are they going to put Campy first and Nola second? Like, when are they going to have Campy be the starter and Nola backup? Well, so far, so this series, the Padres, they're having Campano catch a couple games, and then they're having Nola catch a couple games. So they're starting to have a little bit more even playing time. I, I just know when they're going to have Campy, they're going to sit Nola down and be like, you're the backup. And Campy is the starter. Nola, you're going to catch for, I don't know, two guys a week or one guy a week. You know, when is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't even know if that's going to happen this year. The Padres pitching staff is just more comfortable with Austin Nola behind the plate right now. And But in order to get comfortable with Luis Camposano, guess what? Campy has to be in the games. So at some point, the Padres have to give Campy more of an opportunity here. And, um, Hopefully that comes soon. Hopefully he does get the starting position soon. I'm not rooting against Austin Nola. If Austin Nola has a great game today, and the next time he goes out, he has a great game, then okay, then we can keep having Nola catch. You know, I, I think the Padres, they should ride the hot guy. I know you can't have the catcher be, you can't ride him for like six games straight, probably, or a week straight just because he's hot. Like the catching position, it's just different. But I'm saying the guy who's hot, have him be the starting catcher for however long he's hot. Give him more consistent starts for however long he's going to help the team more than the other guy, you know. Jim says, burn the City Connect unis after that performance. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the City Connect, most fans like them. I like the hat. I'm not a, the biggest fan of the jersey, but I like the hat. That's why I have the hat and not the jersey. I've I've grown to like the colors a little bit more. Um, you know, the San Diego Wave, they have those colors as well. By the way, they play tonight uh, against the OL Reign. I think that game's at 7. It's not at home. It's on the road. But that should be a, a good matchup there. Uh, San Diego State, by the way. I guess I could get my San Diego sports stuff in right now. San Diego State, I believe they're hosting one of the transfers. Um, to obviously try to bring him in. Keisha Johnson, he announced that he is transferring. I already gave my reaction to that here on this channel. So any Aztecs fans, you can go check that out. Um, just look up the playlists on this YouTube channel or just go videos, scroll down to the Keisha Johnson reaction. I was surprised that he, he announced that he was going to go into the transfer portal based on the way he was talking at the, at the celebration. Um, saying like who wouldn't want to commit here and all that like seemed like he really loved it but maybe he wants to be closer to family maybe he goes closer to oakland i think that's where he's from maybe he just goes to a smaller school so he can go play a different position more on the wing instead of being you know more four or five uh of a position because if he wants to go to the nba i don't i don't know if he's going to go to the nba with how he's playing right now with the aztecs he, he probably wants to be more how the NBA is and, you know, start shooting more, show teams that he can shoot. And maybe that'll improve his draft stock. I don't know. But he's declaring for the draft. He's entering the transfer portal, maintaining college eligibility. So his run at San Diego State is going to be done. Uh, it is done. He was, at, he was at the Padres game with San Diego State celebrating their great, great season. And that was great. The standing ovation that the Padres fans gave the Aztecs and the Mott Butler, Brian Dutcher, when they threw out the first pitch and when the highlights were playing on the Jumbotron, it was great. San Diego really wrapped their arms around this team, and that was amazing to see. Even if 
you weren't an Aztecs fan or didn't go to state or didn't have someone else that, that went to state, didn't have any connection, it felt like the city of San Diego was rooting for the Aztecs at, you know, it's at some point, you know, when they got far in this tournament, people really started to recognize and really gave love to this team. So that was great. Um, but yeah, key shots done. It was surprising. Definitely w was wishing that he was going to come back. But San Diego State, they're still going to have a good team next year. Irie says, nothing comes easy for San Diego sports, no matter what money you spend on the team. Well, again, it's early. And no, look, it doesn't matter how much money you spend or whatever. Like, it's going to be hard either way. Like, how many teams in baseball history have had a flawless regular season, no challenges, and had no challenges in the postseason as well? Like, the 98 Yankees, they're one of the best teams of all time, right? Maybe the, the Yankees way back when Babe Ruth played, you know, before, but that was before even people of color were playing. You know, it was just totally different circumstances. So, baseball's hard. There's going to be downs, right? You know, the roller coaster thing. There's going to be a lot of downs in the season. It's a game of failure. So it's not just San Diego sports. Nothing's going to come easy in the game of baseball. It doesn't matter how talented the team is. Baseball is just a hard game. It's hard to be great at it consistently as a team, even if you're really good. The really good teams are going to lose 60 games a year. That, that's just the way it is. And some of those games are going to be really painful. Uh, Preston says audio keeps cutting in and out on your end or on my end. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry about that. I don't know why that is. It says my Wi-Fi is perfectly fine. Hobsey asks, who do you like more, Odor or Dahl? Again, if you want to, there's a lot of comments in here, so if you want to make sure I get to your comment, your question, you can use that super chat button. I appreciate your support. Uh, Hobsey12, who do you like more, Odor, Odor or Dahl? Probably Odor just because of his versatility. I mean, Dahl's on the injured list. We haven't really seen a ton of him. As an outfielder, I'd probably say David Dahl. But... Again, I just don't have a huge sample size of David Dahl to, and Odor as well to make to give you the best answer on that. I, I'd lean towards Odor just based on what we've seen so far. Christopher says, maybe Nola will be more effective with more rest. Who knows, right? Maybe. I mean, he was hitting really well in spring training, and then he got hit right, with the fastball over 90 miles per hour in the face, right, on the nose, fractured his nose, had a little bit of time off, not a lot, got right back to it. So maybe he rushed back, but it's also because, well, the Padres did need him. He's the starting catcher. And I don't know if the Padres wanted to just give Luis Camposano the starting job right out of the gate. Obviously, they didn't because no one was catching most of the games. They didn't want to do that. And the pitching staff, they really trust Nola. And Brett Sullivan, he was at the WBC, so he didn't have a lot of reps catching for Padres pitching in spring training. And Pedro Severino didn't have a whole lot of history with Padres pitchers because he's just coming in now, and he's in the minors. So it was Nolan Camposano. It was always going to be Nolan Camposano, even if an injury happened in spring training, as long as that player could come back from it, if maybe he wasn't totally ready. And that's what happened. I'm not, I don't want to say Nola wasn't totally ready. He wouldn't say that because he doesn't make excuses. I, he, I saw a quote, he was talking to the media about his struggles and he just has, he's, he's like, yeah, I, I just have to put more barrels on baseball. That's just the way it is. I just have to do that. So he's accountable. He's not going to blame it on the nose, but who knows if he really was ready to, to start the year. Um, and maybe did that affect his vision at all? Did it affect anything? I don't know the answer to that. Preston says, offense was supposed to carry this team. Our stars have not been stars aside from Bogey. That is the problem. Yeah, I'd say that is a problem. I think they're going to turn it around again. But yeah, that is a problem. Uh, Manny's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. Crony's gotten off to much a much slower start than Manny. Um, Soto, obviously concerned. Uh, some fans, that's what I meant to say. 
some fans are concerned with the slow start and kind of like deja vu because this is like what we saw a little bit last year when he first came over. And I, I understand if you've only watched Juan Soto play in a Padres uniform, you didn't see the Nationals days. I definitely understand why some are like, man, I'm not sold on Juan Soto yet. I'm concerned. This guy doesn't deserve all this money that he's asking for. I understand that point of view. But someone like me who's just a dire baseball fan, by the way, check out my uh, MLB YouTube channel, Baseball Struck. I have daily baseball content there. For someone that's a dire baseball fan, I watch the Soto days with Nationals. He's one of the best hitters on the planet. And so I'm going to look at the, the larger picture and just believe that, yeah, he's going to come around at some point. The track record, I'm just leaning on that. It's going to turn around. He's too good to continue playing like this the whole year or his whole Padres tenure, you know? E. Smith says, what do you think about some of the strike calls against our players the past two games? Seems like the strike zone's pretty big. I haven't watched the past two games on television, so I can't really speak to how bad the strike zone has been or how good the strike zone has been. I don't know, to be honest. But that's not an excuse. I mean, it's not... The Padres didn't lose... Maybe you could say the Thursday night game. You'd have a better case to say, well, the strike zone sucked. Soto shouldn't have struck out here. Some players should have should have struck out for the Brewers and didn't, and he hit a home run. Maybe you could say that then. But like yesterday, Waka just sucked. The offense didn't do enough. They were down 5 nothing through an inning and a half. They weren't going to win that game. You know, the strike zone is definitely not what we should be thinking about when it comes to the offense. Caitlin asked, Ben, are you concerned about Soto getting off to kind of a slow start? Because I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm disappointed, and I'm frustrated by it, like a lot of Padres fans are, but no, I, I'm not concerned, like I just went over. I know some of these comments are old, but I want to make sure I get to everyone. Irie says, Nola's an offensive, def offensive defensive joke and needs to go on a AAA assignment like Matt Carpenter did to rediscover his fundamentals or something. Didn't Matt Carpenter discover that in the offseason, not in a AAA assignment? Could be wrong on that, but I thought that was him going with like teammates. I think Arenado he went with when he was with the Cardinals and figured out his swing in the offseason. But I get your point. Yes, offensively, Nola's not doing anything. Defensively, he has a noodle arm. He's not going to throw anyone out. Maybe some people, not literally, he's not going to throw anyone out, but you get my point. It's, he's not great at that. So pitchers, they have to work faster to the plate, and we just have to kind of live with it right now. Just like Blake Snell, we kind of have to live with first half Blake Snell and lean on the fact that, well, the second half, he's turned it around, and so hopefully he will continue to have that trend happen. I mean, you want him to be really good in the first half, but I'd rather have him be really good second half going into the postseason and be really good now and suck after the all-star break right um but yeah nola he's going to be on the major league team as long as he's healthy he's not going to go down to triple a to rediscover his fundamentals or anything like the padres pitchers the padres organization they really like austin nola campy but that said I think he needs to get some more playing time. Like, this guy was one of the best prospects in the Padres organization. So he's up now, and the guy in front of him on the depth chart is struggling. How about you give him some more playing time? It can't go. It can't get worse, right? Right? That's how I kind of view it. Like, Campy has the potential. Let's see. You, you can't see if he can live up to the potential without playing him. Right, pitchers can't get comfortable with Campy unless he catches them in games. That's just the way it works. Chad says, "Should they consider using Dixon in the bullpen for multiple innings?" Yeah, in blowouts, yeah, to save the pitching. Yeah, I mean, maybe they should just end the games, like have a mercy rule. If you're up by ten, if you're, I don't think that. I mean. They don't want to do that for, you know, 
beer sale reasons and concessions and all that. But, you know, the ninth inning when a position player is pitching, who is really entertained by that? Who really wants to see that? Right? The game's over. Let's just end the game. Let's have everyone be able to go to sleep. Because there are baseball fans out there like myself that will stay up and watch these games just because the game's still going on and we're diehard Padres fans, right? But aren't we just kind of wasting time? You know, the game's over. And I know that that is one of the beauties of baseball. There's no clock, right? Well, there is a clock, but you know what I'm saying. There's no, like, play clock, like, uh, in basketball. Like, the game's over after a certain amount of time. You have to get outs in baseball, you know? You still have to get the outs. But when a game's that out of hand, you know the game's over. Might as well just end the game, you know? Because when, when the opposing team sends out a pitcher when they're losing, they know the game's over. They're not trying to win anymore. So might as well just end the game then. If, if, if there's a pitcher out there, then yeah, keep the game going because they're, they're signaling, okay, we're still trying. We, we still have a pitcher out there for us, even though we're down seven runs. But when it's the ninth and the position player is out there, the Padres are saying, we're not trying to win anymore. So might as well just end the game. Maybe that's just me and that's just stupid. That's a stupid thing to, to propose, but that's kind of how I think about it. Chad says, Houston, St. Louis, Seattle, the Phillies are all off to slow starts as well. Eventually, the cream will rise to the top. Yeah. I mean, there are some teams there that I think do have issues, like the Phillies. I think they could still make the postseason, but I don't know. I don't see them winning the division right now. I mean, Reese Hoskins is out. Their backup first baseman is out. Bryce Harper is going to be out till at least sometime in May. And then... He's going to play first base. We'll see what happens there. Um, they, their offense is not as good as it was going to be heading into the year because of some injuries, right? Uh, the pitching hasn't been great, and the NL East, it's a good division. So I think the Phillies, they, they could be in a little bit of trouble there, but they could still make the playoffs. Houston could still make the postseason. St. Louis still could make the postseason. Seattle could still make the postseason. The Padres, 7-8. and eight. I think they're still going to make the postseason. So, yeah, I definitely agree, Chad. Eventually, the cream will rise to the top. You can look at the Braves. They had a slow start. You can look at the Nationals. When they won the World Series, they had a slow start. So, it's still the World Series caliber stuff. It's still in the Padres. We're going to be fine. You know, again, that, that's the common message I have for Padres fans here in this show. Devin says he's confused how Bogarts is the leader in homers. Playing inside the green monster wall probably hindered the power aspect I witnessed. Petco Park is way better for him. Yeah, you know, a lot of those hits ended up being doubles. Uh, and Bogarts, he's a line drive hitter. So a lot of those balls probably weren't home runs, right? That would be home runs at Petco. So maybe that's why you're seeing it. But Bogarts is a really just good player in general. He's one of the best shortstops in baseball. I love the signing. Because the Padres are trying to win right now, I could care. I couldn't care less. That's one of my pet peeves. I hate when people say I could care less, when they really are trying to say I couldn't care less. Like, if you could care less, then that means you care. I couldn't care less what the contract looks like at the end of the contract. You know, it's not. It's probably not going to look that great. But I care about what Bogarts gives to the Padres in his prime, and in his prime, and I know we're. What two weeks in it, but it's looking really good so far. And he he's one of those like Jake Cronorth, right? Like just hitter line drives. That's when they're that that's really what they are. They're not this power hitter, but they're going to be consistent. And I know Crony's struggling early on in the year, but him and Bogarts, they're going to be consistent. They're going to play every day. You can lump him into that as well. But he has more power, or at least home runs in terms of home runs. You know, they're going to be consistent. They're going to play every day. You can rely on them. That Those are the guys you sh should be signing to those, those long-term deals, right? The Beef says, currently sitting in a hotel room with my family overlooking Petco. Took us all to the game last night. Had, had great seats. Spent the last four innings drinking, watching my kids in the sand rough night. Yeah. Well, at least your kids had a good night. 
Yeah. That was a rough game last night. It was cold. I made it worse. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, that sucked. But Dave Gates Day, Jackie Robinson Day. Hopefully the Padres can turn it around today. Seth Lugo, hopefully, like I said earlier, doesn't have a Michael Walker spurt where he falls flat on his face after two really good starts. And only the Padres don't get one out again. Crony will be in the lineup against he will be in the lineup today with the day off yesterday. But Freddie Pro, he's gotta be tough. That's at least what we would think, right? 0.75 ERA. Out a pregame thoughts video, but kind of already given some pregame thoughts here in this show for that are here live. Yeah, Chad says Phillies are toast with the all the injuries. I wouldn't say they're toast. I just think they're not going to win the division. That's Braves, I think, have the edge there with the division. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 383 again. Sorry for the coughing and maybe not much energy as I really have. Um, aren't playing great right now. Not that great. I'll be back tomorrow after Sunday's game for the show. Maybe I'll do the wrap-up show with John. We'll see. John Schaefer, Jim Russell's in Cabo. Definitely in Cabo mode. Uh, that's going to do it. Podcast listeners, YouTube viewers, I appreciate your time. You can follow me at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram for the Padres content. Thank you so much again. Until next time, go Padres, and I'll talk to you all later. See you.